This morning, I want to begin a brand new series. And uh, this phrase has just kind of been rolling over in, in my spirit as I was looking to the Lord on, on what to preach on, what to speak about. These two words just came up in my spirit, I choose. So I want to talk about I choose today and for weeks to come. You know, there's a lot of different things you can choose in life. And there's a lot of choices to be made. But I believe that the greatest choice, praise God, that we are ever going to make is what we're going to talk about today. So stretch forth your hand toward me. Ask God to help me, to use me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask for revelation to flow through me for your glory. I ask for utterance to minister to these, your precious people. And Lord, that which is just right for this time and for this, 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 this 45 minutes or so, Lord, we give you the praise, we give you the glory for it. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. So open your Bibles then to the book of Deuteronomy, and we're going to look at chapter 30, and notice with me in verse 19, from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 30 and verse 19, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, therefore choose life that both you and your seed may live. The choices that we make in life not only affect us, but affects our offspring. Another translation says, I'm now giving you the choice between life and death, between God's blessing and God's curse, and I call heaven and earth to witness the choice that you make. It is your choice to make. And he goes on to say, choose life. You know, so many are, people are saying, well, you know, it's all about his choice. It's all about God. After all, God is in control. I beg your pardon. God is not in control of everything that is going on in the earth today. God was not in control of the slains that took place in Santa Fe. God was not in control of 9-11. Yeah, Pastor Mark, but God is sovereign. I will agree with you that my God and your God is sovereign, and He has sovereignly chosen to make man in His image and His likeness with a free choice. We are men and women that have a free choice. Amen? God did not choose which cereal you, cereal you were going to eat this morning. I did not have to wait before my closet and wait for a word from the Lord on which suit to wear. Do I wear the black one or do I... You know. No, that's not our God. He has made us with a free choice. Amen. And so he says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you. I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. See, you and I are the ones that dictate much of what happens in our life. Not the devil. I said, not the devil. The devil is under your feet. No one else but you and God. And with God on your side, who can be against you? Now, the scripture says that Jesus is our life. So when we choose Jesus, 
we are choosing life. When we choose Jesus, we are choosing blessing. I chose Jesus way back in 1975, and I'm so glad I did. How many of you can testify to the fact that making Jesus your Lord and Savior was the greatest decision you have ever made in your life? Come on, lift up both hands and say hallelujah. He is your life. He is our life. Here's what John said in John 1 verses 1 through 4. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Amen. And all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. So we see that God and His Word are one, and Jesus was with God in the beginning, and they are one. God and His Word are one. Jesus and His Word are one. Verse 4 says, In Him was life, and the life was the light or the development of man. And then in verse 14 it says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten, full of grace and full of truth. So when I choose Jesus, and when you choose Jesus, you're choosing His life, and you're choosing His life-changing Word. The Word is life-changing. Amen. And the Word of God has the potential right here, right now, to do exceeding abundantly above all that you can ask or think. Amen? Every one of you sitting in this auditorium have the potential to be quickened by the Holy Spirit. And when I say the word quickened, I mean made alive. I mean made strong. I mean healed. Amen? I mean, you came in weak, but thank God, now you're strong. You came in down, but He's the glory and the lifter up of your head. Amen. So, John 6 and 63 bears this out. Here's what Jesus said. He said in John 6, 63, that it is the Spirit that quickeneth. The Holy Spirit quickeneth. The flesh... How much does your flesh profit you? (laughs) The flesh don't profit anything. Amen. But he said, the words now that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. God's word is spirit and God's word is life. Amen. When I choose Jesus and I choose His Word, I'm choosing spirit and I'm choosing life. I choose Jesus. I choose His Word. I choose His Spirit. Now look at Proverbs chapter 4. Notice with me in verse 20 through verse 22. Proverbs, the fourth chapter, says in verse 1, My son attend to my words. In other words, make my words your final authority. Give my words your full attention. Just like an RN or a doctor would attend to a patient, giving their undivided attention, hopefully, to a person that is in great need, 
we are to give our wholehearted attention to his word. And then he goes on to say, incline your ear to my sayings. That has to do with taking heed and hearing God's word. And so as you hear God's word, which is spirit and which is life, God's word causes faith to rise up in your heart. And so the potential then for you to be quickened, amen, becomes at a high, high, high level because your faith is growing and your faith is getting stronger. So he said, give attention to my word, incline your ear to my sayings, let them not depart from before thine eyes. Amen. Let my word not depart from before thine eyes. And then he says, keep them in the midst of thine heart. Why? Verse 22 says, for they, my words, are life to those that what? Jesus is the word. I'm choosing Jesus. I'm choosing life. And God's word is life to those that not have the word on their coffee table. Not have 10 copies of the word of God and say, oh, I've got all this word around me. It's not the word around you that matters. It's the word on the inside of you that will make a difference in your life. Because when it's on the inside of you, when it's needed, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to speak. Hallelujah. For they, my words, are life to those that find them. You need to know where the word is concerning your health. You need to know what the word says concerning joy. It'll be life to you as you find them. But not only that, my word, which is life, shall be health to what? Health or medicine to all their flesh. Whether you realize it or not, you are hearing an anointed word. Not because of me, but because simply because he is anointed and his word is anointed. And that word is is going forth today is medicinal to your flesh. You may not even recognize that there may something may be something going on in your flesh that the doctors haven't discovered, but God knows what's going on in your flesh. And God's word, hallelujah, is medicinal to your flesh and it's quickening your body. It'll not only quicken your body, it'll quicken your mind. It'll make you sharp. God's word will make you bright. God's word will make you quick. Hallelujah. Attend to my words. Incline thy ear to my sayings. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life to those that find them. And health to all their flesh. I speak a word of healing over your bodies. In the name of Jesus. Just place your hand over your heart. Right now. Father in the name of Jesus. I thank you that you are the Lord of glory. And I'm asking for your glory to rise up now and to quicken mortal bodies. We speak to migraines. We speak to arthritis. We speak to digestion problems in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, everybody, just pray a little bit. Oh, in the name, in the name, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Say it with me. I believe it. And I receive it in Jesus' name. Now just shout, I'm healed. 
Hallelujah. Just shout it out. I'm healed. By his stripes, I'm healed. Whoo. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And so out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth will begin to speak. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says, Now this, keep your heart, Proverbs 4, 23, keep your heart with all diligence. Part of keeping your heart is keeping this life in front of you. For out of it flow, or out of it are the issues of life. Or out of your spirit flow, we could say it this way, the forces of the recreated human spirit by the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Righteousness is a powerful force. Love is a powerful force. Wisdom is a powerful force. Faith is a powerful force. So as you keep your spirit by choosing life on a daily basis, out of your spirit are going to continually flow these forces of wisdom, these forces of life, these forces of love, and these forces of wisdom. Oh, that's good news. You know, when you think about a series called I Choose, you can go a lot of different ways. We're centering in this morning on I Choose Life. But you know what? You can choose love over unforgiveness you can choose joy over sorrow you can choose peace over anxiety hallelujah say with me I choose I choose I choose I choose life today now right along with choosing Jesus and choosing life is making the choice to speak faith filled words brother Copeland says it this way He said that faith-filled words always dominate the laws of sin and death. If you're not able to make it to Sacramento the end of this month, make sure that you get online and watch Brother Copeland. There is a divine appointment coming to the state capital of Sacramento at the end of this month. He's coming out by divine appointment and divine assignment, and we are going to speak faith-filled words over the state of California. state of California is not going to hell in a handbasket. The state of California will call upon the name of the Lord, and people's lives shall be saved. People's lives shall be changed. When I saw Brother Copeland in Sarasota in February, I said, I'm going to bring a tribe with me. He's just smiled. So tribe, what do you say? Let's go to Sacramento. See, there is a law that's higher than the law of sin and death. It is the law of the spirit of life. I'm choosing life words. I'm choosing faith words. I'm choosing health words. Amen? I'm choosing words of peace. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus makes you continuously free from the law of sin and death. And so part of choosing life is speaking life words. Proverbs 18 and verse 21 says it this way, death and life. In the context of our text, we could say it this way, blessing and cursing. Death and life are where? In the power of your tongue. If you will hook your tongue up with your believer, 
you'll see miracles in your life. John Osteen preached a message that was life-changing many, 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 many years ago. He said it this way, there's a miracle in your mouth. After all, the miracle of the new birth was in your mouth. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Oh, there's a miracle in your mouth. Believing faith-filled words, saying words of life, saying words of blessing will enable you to walk in the fullness of God's will and in the fullness of life that He has come to give you. See, Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Amen. Choosing faith-filled words. Not only that, but when I choose Jesus and when you choose Jesus, choose Jesus, we also need to make the choice to be spiritually minded. To be spiritually minded. And when I talk about being spiritually minded, I'm not talking about walking around on this in this life three feet off the ground, batting your eyes, acting all weird. That's not a spiritually minded person. That's a goofball. I think in some quarters in the body of Christ, we've gone from the prophetic to the pathetic. But anyway, that's not in my sermon. Edit that out. But making the decision to be spiritually minded. In other words, to have a word-based mindset. There's two mindsets, basically. There is a worldly mindset... And then there is a word of God mindset. Amen. Whatever you choose to set your mind on is whatever it will produce in your life. In Romans, the eighth chapter, and we notice in something in verse six, Romans, the eighth chapter in the sixth verse, it says here, for to be carnally minded produces death. We could say it this way. To be worldly minded is death. But to be word of God minded, spiritually minded, a mind that is renewed minded. Amen. To be spiritually minded. What does that produce in your life? It always produces life and it always produces peace. You cannot sit there and speak the word and meditate the word and spend time in the presence of God and leave that place full of anxiety. You will always leave the presence of God better, full of peace, and full of life. Now, a great example of this is found in Luke, the 10th chapter. We want to spend a little bit of time over here in Luke, the 10th chapter. And I want to look at verse 38 here for a moment through verse 42. Say it with me. I have my mind set on him. I'm keeping my mind on the Lord all day. All day. All day. All day. 
I've got my mind made up. I've got my mind on him. Ooh, glory to God. Hallelujah. I've got that in my devotions. A lot of times I'll get on a, a piece of equipment and I'll do my devotions on the equipment and I'll just pray while I'm, while I'm biking or while I'm ellipticaling or whatever the case may be. And one of the things I have in my devotions is I got my mind on the Lord all day. All day. All day. And one of the other things that is in my list of devotions is this. Spiritually, a spirit of thanksgiving. I have a spirit of thanksgiving. The more thankful who you are, the more word-minded you will be. Amen. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Now, while they were on their way, it occurred that Jesus entered a certain village and a woman named Martha, what did she do? She received him and welcomed him into her house. I mean, if Jesus was in your neighborhood today, oh, would you just say, oh, that's Jesus, I am. Oh, would you open up your home? I can just hear it in some of your homes. Kids, get that, pick that, turn that off. She received him and welcomed him into her house. We have indicators in the Word of God that Martha was a top-notch cook. She could cook. I mean, she could cook the biscuits and the gravy. Woo, man, she could make an omelet, not with bacon, but maybe turkey bacon. She, she was a, she was a top notch cook. I don't want to make anybody hungry, but I sure, sure do like me some fried okra and some chicken fried steak. In verse 39, I just lost half the crowd. And she had a sister. Her name was Mary. Now here's what Mary did. Mary saw the master and Mary sought the master and knew that it was a divine appointment. And the scripture says that she seated herself at the Lord's feet. There's just something about coming to the feet of the master. And she was listening to his teaching. So here's Mary at the feet of Jesus and in the kitchen you can hear pots and pans. You can hear them slamming. You can hear some grunting and groaning. You might even hear, man, what in the world are you doing out there? I know you didn't do that. You need to get in the kitchen now. But in verse 40, it says, but Martha overly occupied and too busy. You know, we are busy people, but we shouldn't be too busy. We are to be about our father's business. The world has a lot of business that you could get into, but sometimes being over keel in the business of the world can rob you spiritually. Amen. So Martha's situation was, 
she was overly occupied. And she was just too busy. And not only that, but she was distracted. Distracted means she got off track. I believe the track for that day was for both Mary and Martha to be at the feet of Jesus. I believe that there was only one thing to be on the menu that day. And that one thing that was to be on the menu was to sit at the feet of Jesus and listen to his teaching. I wonder how it would change our life if we yielded to the one thing on the menu in God's plan for our life. I wonder how it would change our life if we laid aside the distractions, if we didn't allow ourselves to get too busy for church and too busy to praise and too busy to do this. I wonder what would happen in our lives. I'll tell you what would happen. We'd be changed by the power of God. We would be enjoying the fullness of God's life. But Martha, overly occupied and too busy, was distracted with much serving. Get the picture. She's got a house full of company. Jesus is there. Martha wants to do this right. Back in those days, they didn't have microwaves. You couldn't make instant pudding. You had to go to the well and get the water. You had to beat the corn out. Now, I know I'm preaching good now. She's working hard. But Mary's just sitting there. So she gets annoyed. And she gets frustrated. And she just walks up to Jesus and says, Lord... She probably like this. Lord, is it nothing for you that my sister has left me to serve alone? Now, Lord, you tell her. Ooh, can you imagine? Tell her to get up from your feet and come in this kitchen and help me. She interrupts the master. Look at your neighbor and say, not a smart thing. The master's there by divine appointment. He's the miracle worker. He took a two-piece fish dinner and multiplied it and fed thousands and thousands with a little boy's two-piece fish dinner. Don't you know that when he was done teaching, he could have worked a miracle, hallelujah, and everyone in the house could have been blessed. Verse 41. But the Lord replied to her by saying, Martha, Martha, Martha. You get two Marthas, you better hit your knees. If you hear Bill, Bill, you be, oh, yes, Lord. You are anxious and troubled about many things. This was not a one-time event for her. This was a way of life. This was a pattern for Martha. She was easily distracted. She got easily fearful and easily anxious. And I've discovered that one of the main reasons why people get anxious and full of care comes by what they're thinking on. 
She's not just got something on the stove, brothers and sisters. She's got something on her mind. She missed the divine opportunity. She's anxious. She's agitated. But here's what the master said. And I believe this is what the master is saying to you and saying to me today. In verse 42, there is need of only one thing. We need to find out what that one thing is. There is need of only one thing. And Mary has chosen the good portion. And I love how it says this, which is to her advantage. In other words, it was advantageous for Mary to be at his feet. It was disadvantageous for Martha to be in the kitchen. So we could say that that day, Mary had an advantage over Martha. And folks, when you choose life and you choose Jesus and choose that good portion for your life, it puts you at an advantage over the people of this world. It puts you in a position of favor. It puts you in a position of promotion. But you can't, because you, you can't sit at the master's feet and him not elevate you and him not lift you and him not bless you. Say it with me, Mary... And I choose the good portion. And it is to my advantage. Listen, friend, the word of God, which is life, is to your advantage. I think about the thousands, not hundreds, but the thousands of teachings I've heard on the subject of faith. And the thousands of messages I've heard on who I am in Christ. And I think about the thousands and the thousands of messages I've heard on the power of the Holy Spirit. And I think, oh my God, why have you entrusted me? Why have you entrusted us? Why have you blessed us with so great a word? You know why I believe he has? Because he knew that we would do something with it. He knows that we will do something with it. You are not in this church by accident. You are in this church by divine appointment. God blesses doers of His Word. And that doesn't make us better than anybody. It makes us men and women of God with more responsibility than others. Jesus said, Hallelujah. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. So we are receivers of the Word of God. We're choosing the good portion today. Another translation says, Martha, you are worried and bothered about many things, but only one thing is necessary, because Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken from her. God's Word translation says, Mary has made the right choice. I pray for you all week long that you will make the right choice. That you will make the right choice when you hear a bad report. That you will make the right choice. Mary has made the right choice and that one thing will not be taken from her.
Friends, when Jesus is your Lord and His Word is your final authority and His Spirit is in you as your ultimate guide and you find out what He tells you and what He's saying to you, there should be nothing else on the menu for your life. When you know what's on His agenda, come on somebody. How many of you know that the world has an agenda? Some of us found that out the hard way. But the kingdom of God and the word of God also has an agenda. And when we get our life over on the kingdom of God, what it will do is it will eliminate those things that deplete you. So Mary made the right choice that day. You and I can make the right choices every day. I'm not going to lie about it. To do this will take discipline. And to do this will take focus. You see, your ability to stay focused and to develop a Word of God mindset is vital for your success in life. Why? Because the world is calling for your attention. The world is calling for your focus. But oh, I hear the Spirit of God saying, choose me, choose life. Look away from everything that would distract you. Looking unto me, for I am the author and the finisher of your faith. And as you keep your heart and your mind set on me, you will experience life at the highest level. You will experience not only the God quantity of life, but you will experience the God quality of life. And that's why Jesus came. Everyone says Zoe is the Greek word for life. When Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly, that word life there is zoe. It literally means the God quality and the God quantity of life. Amen. So when you choose life, you're choosing Jesus and you're choosing to live a quality life in him. In closing, look at Colossians chapter 3. And I want you to read this with me. From the message translation. Colossians, the third chapter. Everyone shout amen. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, wake up. (laughs) Colossians 3, just having fun. Amen. Chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. Let's read this together. So, if you're serious about living... This new resurrection life with Christ. Let's stop right there. (laughs) Do what? Do what? Look at your neighbor and say, act like it. (laughs) Look at your neighbor and say, act like it. Point at yourself and say, act like it. Let's continue to read. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. In other words, what's on his menu. The one thing. Next verse. Verse 2. Let's read. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Like this. Oh, it's Monday. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Got to go to work. Got to go. No. Get to go to work. Get to go to work. Get to go to work. This is the day the Lord has made. We better start at the top of that verse again. 
Ready, read. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorb with the things right in front of you, but look up, be alert to what's going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things. See things from where? See things from His perspective. Oh, hallelujah. I ran into this quote by Chip Ingram the other day, and I want to read it to you, and I want to close with it. This is so, so rich. Brother Chip said this, Living above my circumstances, we all have circumstances, but living above my circumstances occurs when my perspective So living above my circumstances happens or occurs when my perspective. The word perspective means attitude. Everyone say attitude. It also means outlook. But I love this definition, mindset. So let me read it to you like this. Living above your circumstances occurs... When you and your attitude, your outlook, and your mindset interprets, interprets my circumstances. What that means is this. I don't let my circumstances determine my perspective. I'm already living in life. I'm already living in the perspective that God has through His Word. I'm already got a new attitude. I got a new mindset. I got a new outlook. I got a new mindset. So when circumstances come, I'm already at the advantage because I have changed my perspective. Woo! That's big, guys. Because most people, when circumstances come, it determines their perspective. Well, the doctors say I'm sick, so therefore I must be. That's the wrong mindset. You need to turn that around. Living above my circumstances occurs when my mindset interprets my circumstance. I'm not letting anything interpret the way I'm going to live. I'm going to live by this word that has changed my life. Then it goes on to say, rather than my circumstances determining my perspective. Let's stand up. Did you get anything out of this today? Oh, glory to God. Pastor Tom, if you please come to the piano, let's lift up our hands. Oh, hallelujah. 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 I feel like Dad Hagen. I've done it again. I've preached myself happy. Woo! Glory to God. We have the believer's advantage. Place your hand over your heart and say this with me. I choose life today. I choose to live my life in the blessing of God. Death and life are in the power of my tongue. Therefore, I choose life. And I speak over my life the word of the living God. 
which is life. Lord Jesus, you died for my sins and you rose from the dead on my behalf. And I believe that. And I say now today that Jesus Christ is my Lord and is my Savior. I make the quality decision today to live above my circumstances because I have a God mindset, because I have a God attitude, because I have a God outlook. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by my circumstances. I'm moved only by what I believe. And I believe God. And I believe His Word. And I choose the good portion every day of my life. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. We need to give God some praise today. Glory to God. Glory to God.